Welcome to the Five State Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Mann. The reason I do this podcast is to invest in the move of God happening in South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska. We want to see God bring in a million soul harvest in our five state region within the next 10 to 15 years. Today is part one of an interview um, that I did with Justin Vanderwater from our primary ministry based out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we are discussing the disciple making process. And I just have this growing conviction in my heart that anybody can make a disciple of Jesus. If we will just uh, diligently commit ourselves to working uh, the basic things that Jesus commanded us to do to make disciples, God will work with us and we will lead people to Jesus. It's guaranteed if we just do what he said to do. So I hope you're encouraged. I hope your faith is built up and you're instructed as you listen to this podcast. We'll get right into it after this word from our sponsor. Welcome to the Five State Revival Podcast. And uh, this is your host, Jeff Mann. And I have a special uh, guest with me today, Justin Vandewater from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, who's just, I consider him one of my very best friends, honestly. He's just a brother in the Lord that I love so much. And um, he's a disciple maker, has a passion for Jesus, passion for the Great Commission. And so I had this idea, and I'll just kind of set this conversation up. So I I, want to talk to you today about the disciple making process. And um, the way I'm going to do this is I just had it set up where I had all these things I had on my heart I want to share. And I thought, you know, I'd rather have like Justin come on the podcast and I've given him four questions to just kind of guide the conversation. And he's going to ask me these questions and, and any other follow-up questions and give any input he wants to give as well. And um, we're, we're going to try it this way, this format. And, uh, but here's the bottom line. And this is, uh, I just want to start off saying um, the number one thing that I want uh, you to receive from this podcast today, those of you who are watching is um, I want you to be convinced that anyone can make disciples of Jesus. Anybody. Um, it's Disciple making is actually a ministry of the Holy Spirit that we engage and partner with him uh, in the saving work that he's doing. And so I, 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 the Holy Spirit is always at work, working to reveal Jesus to people. He's always working in the bride of Christ to conform us to the image of Christ and help us to become mature and complete so that we're not lacking anything. And this is the disciple-making ministry. Holy Spirit's always doing this. We have a role to play in the partnership, and then he has the stuff that he does in the partnership, and uh, he does his job really, really well. And there's just some simple biblical things that he gives us to do as his followers. He says, listen, if you'll do these simple biblical things, I'll do my part, and together will bring forth fruit. People will come to know Jesus that don't know Jesus now. Uh, people will be built up and be mature in Jesus and be fruitful and God will receive the glory. And so mm-hmm. I just want you to be convinced this works for anybody. The Holy Spirit is such a good partner. He's so good at the uh, at saving people and sanctifying people that um, it, no matter how good or not very good we are, uh, he will work with us and bring forth the fruit and we'll get better as we do it with him. So anyway, I just want you to be convinced of that. And, uh, so we're, I, Justin, why don't you just introduce yourself real quick? Yeah. Hey everybody. Uh, great to be joining you. Um, like many of you, I, I've been listening to Jeff and this podcast for quite a while have been super encouraged 
and I'm so thankful just for your heart, Jeff, and um, all the different ways that I've grown, just my heart and passion for the Lord. Um, uh, but more than that, just as I've gotten to know you and just have seen your heart um, to be a practitioner, right? Like one that because of your love for Jesus, you long to obey all of his commands. And that's been inspiring. And so it's awesome to be a part of this today with you and uh, everybody that's listening in. Um, I live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm a part of a ministry there called Primary. Um, same heart to make disciples. We activate disciples uh, who are activating other disciples. And the reason we use the word activate is we just feel like um, today many people know probably more than we're already obeying, um, but to obey and put into action the very commands of Jesus and his heart. And um, so we feel like that really hits the mark uh, of knowing the Father's heart and then being sons and daughters that willingly obey. And uh, so we want to activate ordinary people yeah. uh, into a lifestyle of disciple making through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're doing that in Sioux Falls and in the region and partnering with other like-minded people. Uh, so it's love being a part of this today. I'm married. My wife and I, Jamie, have been married for 20 years. We've got five awesome kids. Uh, our oldest, Grace, is a senior at Roosevelt. Lainey is a freshman at Roosevelt. Joa is in seventh grade. Uh, Asher is a fifth grader. And Zach, our youngest, is a fourth grader. And so we're, we're trying to figure this out, what it looks like to be a family team that's on this mission of God and being disciples who make disciples. And so Yes. Love being a part of it. Thanks for the invitation, and I'm excited for today, Jeff. All right, awesome. So yeah, we'll just go ahead and jump into it. So why don't you ask the first question, and we'll just uh, we'll take off here. I love it. Well, why is it helpful to have a clearly defined disciple-making process in your mind? Okay, so um, I find it really, really helpful to have a clearly defined disciple-making process because um, I, when I'm going out and sharing the gospel with people, I always know where I'm going when I talk with somebody about the Lord. So I always know, like I, I, I know what I'm going to do next. And of course, there's the spontaneous part, the ministry of the Holy Spirit that's happening in those conversations. And, uh, but I always know where I'm taking this person and where I'm steering this person. And so, um, it's super helpful for me. So I know when I'm talking to somebody, my goal is I want them to come to know Jesus. I want them to understand the gospel. I want them to respond to the gospel with faith and with obedience. I want them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want them, and I want to teach them to love God with all their heart. I want to teach them to live in purity. I want to teach them to go make other disciples and share the good news. And so I just, I have an end goal. I know where I'm going and it's, I find that super helpful. Um, that being said, you know, I, I do want to just start off by saying this, like, um, you know, disciple making is a process and I alluded to that in the introduction, but, um, what, when we engage in the disciple making, the work of making disciples, we're actually just entering into the saving disciple making work that the Holy Spirit is always doing. So yes. we're, he's always doing his part of the partnership and we right. do our part and he does his part. There's things that we cannot do. Uh, that only he can do. Every time somebody gets saved, it's a miracle. Every mm -hmm. single time, it is an absolute miracle. If somebody truly is born again and follows Jesus, um, that's a miracle. And, and so we can't do that. 
We can't make that happen. The spirit has to do that. But, but the spirit wrote the scriptures and in the scriptures, he gave us things, commands. He's like, you go do this. Like, for example, I think of Romans chapter one, I think it's, it's off the top of my head, it's at verse 16, where Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. And so I just see in there that the, the partnership at work, um, I share the gospel and the Holy Spirit who inspired that scripture. He's like, listen, you share the gospel and it releases the power of God. The active, the spirit's ministry that brings forth the the fruit of salvation right. in a person's life, and so there's things we do, there's things God does. We're entering into His work. I I don't believe that there's uh one. I'm going to be giving you very the the very specific process that I've I use, and that when I train people, um, that I teach them to use. Um, that being said, I think there's many disciple making tools. Uh, right. that God works through. Um, and there's not one cookie cutter tool that works for every person in every culture. Um, but there are principles from the word that apply to every person and in every culture. And so um, I'm just going to give you the process that I use that I've been using here in South Dakota. And I, because I've been seeing good fruit from it. Right. Um, so I, I've been doing this for my entire Christian life, sharing the gospel with people. Um, 20, however many years, 26 years, something like that. And, uh, and, and I've been growing in this and mm -hmm. I, I just, by the grace of God, I, I've always had a passion for this and, uh, I've seen, I've seen fruit. I, I, I've led people to Jesus. I've seen people that I've led to Jesus, lead others to Jesus. And so, um, anyway, over the years, I've just refined this. I'll continue refining it for the rest of my life. But where I, where I'm at now, uh, in this process, I'm going to put forth today. Um, I'm seeing it work. And yeah. so, um, and I'm seeing it work in others that I'm training. And so I just want to share it with you guys. So you guys can, uh, apply it in the place where you guys are living. I love it. Yeah. Well, you highlighted a couple of benefits of just having a clearly defined process. Like if you highlight those benefits for us now, what would you say those are? Yeah, I would say um, one is it, it, it gives me such confidence just to know where I'm going in right. the conversation, which I already said that. The other one is like um, uh, having a clearly defined process means I can be intentional about um, aiming at the end goal that I want to accomplish in disciple making. And so I, I, we need to have a clearly defined uh, end goal. Um, when we're making disciples. And of course, right. the, the end goal, Jesus said that, you know, in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And then, uh, then he says, and I am with you to the end of the age. That's his part of the partnership. Right. But, um, you know, the end goal is people who believe the gospel, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who love Jesus and obey his commands and, uh, and multiply other disciples. And so, I think having a, an end goal, uh, the process is helpful because it's just wishful thinking to think that I'm going to achieve an end goal if I don't have a clearly defined plan for how I'm going to get there. And yeah. I've done that for many years. Like for, for many years, I'd go out, I'd share the gospel all the time and I'd see awesome stuff happen. I mean, I, I've, I've seen people get healed. I've seen people have power encounters, get, getting filled with the Holy Spirit, like wherever we were, I mean, just so excited 
Uh, I've seen demons cast out of people. I've, I've, I mean, I've seen all that stuff and then only later to come and check and the people aren't walking with Jesus or the, yep. you know, it's like, uh, I'm like, man, that's not the fruit I'm aiming for. Right. But I was on the right track, but uh, it, my process was incomplete. Yep. And so uh, having a process, I can ensure that it's going to achieve the fruit that I'm aiming for. Yep. So, um, you know, the illustration I, I think of, if, if you want to make chocolate chip cookies, you have a recipe, a process that's going to get you to your end goal. And if, if you actually want chocolate chip cookies somewhere in your recipe, you're going to put chocolate chips into the mixture. Otherwise, no matter how hard you try, uh, you're not going to have chocolate chip cookies. You'll have something else, but you won't get chocolate chip cookies. And so uh, having a clearly defined end goal and then a clearly defined process that gets me there, I think yes. is, is very helpful in making disciples. Yeah, I love it. Well, I want to hear more about this end goal and disciple making. Before we do that, um, talk just a little bit. We're, gonna, we're aiming at the process, right? Yeah. But... Go back and just talk about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit in this process. Because I've watched this in your life. I've heard it. Uh, but just take us through the – we're going to get there a little bit later too. But where does the person and the work of the Spirit in this process come in for you? And, um, and, and especially as we walk into the end goal of here, like how does the work and the person of the Holy Spirit play into all of this for you? Yeah, uh, I love that you asked that question. So um, one of my favorite Bible verses as related to ministry and our partnership with the Holy Spirit, I would say all the ministry is the Holy Spirit's ministry. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's revealing Jesus. He's uh, working in people. It's all his ministry. We're just sent to, we're entering into his ministry and partnership with him. And there's a, a verse, it's in... Um, I think it's Psalm 127. This is off the top of my head again. But it says, unless the Lord builds the house, it's builders labor in vain. Mm -hmm. And anyone who just tries to do anything with Jesus, it's ministry is supernatural, all of it. Um, no apologetic argument is going to cause the miracle of salvation to happen in anybody. Right. Um, even those, those tools can be helpful. It's the spirit who does it and we are partnering with him. And so I just think it's super important to realize that. And yeah. you, um, the way he works, if you stick to any kind of ministry, um, you're going to hit walls. Uh, you're going to hit points where you're like, man, nothing I'm doing is working. I've had that happen to me many times. And it brings us to our knees and say, Holy Spirit, I can't do this. I'll do mm -hmm. my part in faith. I'm going to work it. I'm going to be diligent. And uh, that's a point too. I, I, that's a con core conviction I want to emphasize in this is Paul told Timothy, do the work yeah. of an evangelist. And it, disciple making is work. Uh, it, it's discipline. Um, it's I'm going to build it into my schedule. I'm going to make it a priority. I'm going to meet with people. I'm going to share the gospel with people. I'm going to, you know, just all the nitty gritty um, it's work. It, it really is. And I want to be, uh, you know, having a good work ethic is a biblical thing in, in all arenas of life, but it certainly applies to the work of disciple making. I, I want to be diligent. Uh, the proverb says the desires of the diligent will be fully satisfied. And if I want to see a million soul harvest, I need to be out there working the, in the harvest fields diligently. And, uh, but that being said, um, it's the Holy Spirit that does it. And so I, I want to be in partnership with him. I want to be in fellowship with him. I want to be led by the spirit. Um, there's oftentimes where I'll be sharing the gospel with somebody and I have my plan of what I'm going to say next. And the spirit steers at a totally different direction. Yep. And uh, 
I want to be flexible with that, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. And I've, I've, again, I've watched you live a life that's submitted and surrendered to the spirit. And I think that knowing your heart and communicating there's tools and strategies and process that we want to go into, but what trumps that always is the, the idea that this is a work that began with the spirit of God is continuing with the spirit of God and is going to finish with the spirit of God. And, yeah. and this is a partnership with him. And I love that about you. So what is your end goal when you're thinking about making disciples? What's the end goal you have in mind, Jeff? So, I mean, the simple answer to that would be uh, the great commandment and the great commission. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, I think, put the end goal out there for this when he was like, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The fruit I want to produce in my disciple making is lovers of Jesus who love God with their entirety, with their whole being, uh, who love their neighbor as themselves, they love others well, and they are active in the mission of Jesus, which is to make disciples of all the nations. And so ultimately, that's what I want to produce. I want to produce, I want to go and talk to somebody who has no clue about Jesus. I want to share the gospel with them. I want to see them believe and get born again. And then I want to see them grow in their relationship with God to the point where they are wholehearted lovers of Jesus, making disciples and loving mm -hmm. people well. So if I were to, I have like four things, uh, I guess, within that, that are helpful to me that I, this is just for me. Yeah. So I want to produce disciples that love Jesus passionately. Uh, I am totally not interested in just getting people to pray a prayer, start attending church, um, whatever. I, I want wholehearted, passionate lovers of Jesus. That's what he deserves, um, is a bride that loves him passionately. Um, the second goal I'm aiming at is I, I, people who live in purity um, as, as members of God's family. And so that's definitely one of the goals I'm aiming at. They need to be uh, connected to the family of God. Um, which is bigger than themselves and in a meaningful way. And they need to be living in purity um, as, as they grow in their walk with God. I want to help them walk in the power of the Holy Spirit as they are making disciples. And so uh, that's one of my angles I'm aiming at is teaching them uh, how to flow in spiritual gifts and different things like that, um, how to listen to God, how to pray, um, those kind of things. And then finally, and I think this one's important, I'm aiming at multiplying movements. Yes. Um, that saturate campuses and cities and regions and nations and things like that. And so that's a big deal because that does affect the process. Yes. Um, you know, my process doesn't end with, Hey, they love God. They're functioning in a church family. They're living in purity. They're good moms and dads or whatever it is. Praise the Lord. It's like, no, are they, are they now paying it forward? Are they sharing yeah. it with somebody else? And so that multiplication is happening. That's definitely one of my main goals that I want to aim at. Which really becomes kind of a litmus test of whether or not you've actually made a disciple is if they're in turn making other disciples, that becomes pretty core Yeah. to know if a disciple is made, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, just what I love about that, what I've heard in the past and I think fits into exactly what you've said, even in, if you think of, vision like a couple of lenses like you're putting on these glasses one lens is loving the lord our god with all of our heart one the other lens is loving our neighbor as we put those on all of a sudden our vision is clear of making disciples which is exactly what you're talking about i want to see people love god with all their heart love their neighbor and make disciples your yes. end goal and so just 
people having a vision for that, a simple vision from Scripture, right? The Great Commandment, uh, meeting the Great Commission. What a vision. Yes. So in your disciple-making process, um, yeah, talk to us about what is this disciple-making process that you use to accomplish these end goals, right? Like okay. so you've got a process that you follow, and it's got that vision in sight. Uh, take us through your disciple-making process. Okay, so uh, there are really four major milestones uh, okay. that I'm aiming at in my process. And uh, the first one is this, this is what I practice, this is how I train others too. So if I were training you or somebody else, I would say your first goal is to find a person of peace. And that's just a biblical term that Jesus used to describe, go find somebody who is interested in knowing Jesus. And they, they, they don't know him maybe, uh, they don't know much about him, but when they hear about him, they're, they're intrigued and they're like, I want to know more. I'm interested in even investing time to find out who Jesus really is. And so that's, that is milestone number one to making a disciple is you have to go out and you have, and the way I do that is I go out and I pray for people and I share the gospel with them. I testify about Jesus to them. So if I were doing that with you right now, I would just come up to you. I would introduce myself, or maybe you're a friend that I already know. And right. I'd be like, hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? And then I'd usually transition. And of course, I'd pray for you. I'd find out what that is. I'd pray for you about that. And then I'd say, um, now, who I pray to is Jesus. Do you know who that is? And, and then, you know, the conversation just kind of goes on, however it goes from there. And then I'll, I, another thing I say next is like, can I, I want to tell you a quick story of when I met Jesus for the first time. And I share my one minute testimony of how I came to know the Lord. And so um, for me, I'll just do it right now. I can do it in a minute. So just, um, I grew up in a Christian family. I knew all about Jesus, but I didn't know him and I wasn't living for him or even trying to live for him. And uh, when I was 17, I had a high school baseball coach who was a believer. He loved God. And he helped me understand that if I wanted to actually go to heaven when I die, I have to uh, obey Jesus, not just say I believe in him. He requires that I obey him. Jesus does. And so that was a new thought for me because I always thought before like, well, you know, that was like obedience was recommended. Maybe you get extra credit uh, in heaven, but not necessarily required. And so I prayed. I was like, Jesus, I believe you're God. I believe you died on the cross to forgive my sins. I believe you rose from the dead so I can have eternal life. Therefore, from this moment forward, I'm going to start living for you. Yeah. And right after that, these people prayed with me and I could actually feel the Holy Spirit coming into me for the first time. And when he did, uh, he melted my heart with his power and his love. I just, I, I felt his love for me with this energy and this joy. And I was like, God, you're so real. You're so real. And he totally changed me. And I, right after that, I had two new desires. I was like, God, I want to feel close to you like this every second for the rest of my life. And then number two, I'm like, I just had this desire to please him. I wanted to make him a proud papa. And yeah. so, um, yeah, have you ever had something like that happen to you? So I'll, I'll end with a question. And that's what I do. And then that's how I start the conversation with people. And then I get different responses, right? So, um, you know, sometimes I can tell by their body language, they're just like, hurry up and finish what you're saying so I can leave. Like, I don't care about this and I won't force it. I'll just say, Hey, thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome day. And I'll just trust that a seed was sown and God's going to use that. 
Uh, but um, that's not the person of peace I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for the person who's like, they want to know more and they're engaging with me in the conversation. And then what happens is I go for milestone number two. Once I found a person that's interested, uh, I say, hey, what, you know, to me, milestone number two is meeting with them for a discovery Bible study. And so I'll invite them right then. I'll say, listen, um, would you like to get together? I, I do this with people all the time. Let's get together and read a story from the Bible together about Jesus. And that way you can discover who he is for yourself. You don't just have to take my word or somebody else's word for who he is. And that way, you, you know, you'll know who he is for yourself. And if they say, yeah, I set an appointment and we set a, a time right then. And then I keep meeting with them and we just read a story about Jesus from the Bible. Um, and I'll just keep doing that over and over. At the end of a discovery Bible study, I'll say, do you want to do this again? They say, yes, I'll, I'll keep doing it as long as they're hungry. But what happens is after, usually after a little while, they get to the point where they understand the gospel yeah. and they, they believe it. And, uh, and they're like, I'm in. I, I, I believe this. I want to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. Then I move to milestone number three. When they get to that point, I baptize them and I begin training them and teaching them to obey Jesus commands, how to live for Jesus. And so, um, and so the cool thing is the discipling relationship has already started by this point because right. we've been meeting regularly, reading Bible stories. So we just keep doing the exact same thing, except I add a few other elements to it when I'm training them. So after I baptize them, I'll, uh, um, I, I teach them how to pray. You know, I call it the five habits of a fruitful life. And I teach them how to pray. I teach them to read the Bible for themselves. I teach them to obey what Jesus says. I teach them to uh, fellowship with other believers. And then I teach them how to go make disciples by working the exact same process I'm explaining right now. And then uh, the, the fourth milestone, and this is the, because I'm aiming at multiplying movements. The fourth milestone is when that disciple works the same disciple making process and makes a disciple of Jesus for themselves. Yeah. That to me is like, okay, home run. We just scored. And so miles, you know, if you like it, like a baseball diamond, you know, first base, you, you got to run all the bases before you can get to home plate. So yeah. uh, first base, find the person of peace. I do that by sharing the gospel and praying with people. Second base discovery, Bible study, third base, baptize and train. And then home run is when they go out and make disciples. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, okay, we're good here. So that's kind of an overview of the process I use. I love it. And I'm going to maybe assume that some of us listening, there's, there's some language in here that, so if we went back, objective one, find this person of peace. Can you give me just biblically um, where, you know, where do you discover, discover that language and even um, a picture from the scriptures of a person of peace that maybe Jesus would have encountered and how he, how you're really just um, mimicking or modeling the same strategy that Jesus did um, that we see in scripture. Yes. Can you give us an idea of that maybe? Yeah, absolutely. So that term comes uh, from Matthew 10 and Luke 10 awesome. and um, where Jesus is sending out his disciples two by two and he, t he sends them out and he says, uh, you know, you're going to go preach. You're going to go uh, heal the sick, cast out demons, um, from village to village. And he says, when you get into the village, he says, first look for a person of peace. It's the very okay. first thing he told him. He says, awesome. uh, look for a person of peace. And that's where that term comes from. 
or a house of peace or a worthy person. Some yeah. translations may say it like that, but it yeah. all means the same thing. It's like somebody who's interested in this gospel message you're proclaiming and the Jesus you're talking about. And uh, this key, this has been huge for me, actually. I would say just this year, I've made that a major focus. I've always understood this concept. And, but just this year, I'm like, when I go out, I'm not just going to share the gospel. I'm going looking for a person of peace. Yes. So I'm not going to be wasting tons of time uh, with people who are uninterested in knowing about Jesus. Um, I just bless them and I keep moving on to somebody else until I find that interested person. Then I'm going to stay there. And that's what Jesus told them. I think it's in Matthew 10, Luke 10. He's like, look, search for the worthy person. When you find them, don't go, don't keep moving. Like stay right there with that person and go deep with that person yes. because that's the goal. And so I, that's been huge. That's why the number one thing, if I'm, if I were training somebody today, I would tell them this concept. I'd say, first thing you do before I even teach you how to do the other stuff, just go find a person of peace. And when you find somebody who's interested, let me know. And I'll show you how to do a discovery Bible study, um, which is easy. And then yep. I'll just walk with them from there. But that's where that comes from. Oh, and some examples you said yeah, in the Bible. Yeah. So John chapter four, the woman at the well, Yes. Uh, was a person of peace. Uh, I think of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 was a person of peace. I think of uh, Mark chapter five, the demoniac uh, was a person of peace. And these are people, they had, they had an encounter with Jesus. Uh, I, I think of um, uh, Zacchaeus and I think it's uh, Matthew 19 is a, or maybe it's Luke 19. I can't remember, but he's a person of peace. And these are, they had an encounter with Jesus and they heard his teaching, they saw what he did, they believed, and they're like, and they went out and just, they dropped whatever they were doing and made him the priority. And then they went and shared all the good news that they were learning about him with others. Yep. This is what we're looking for. We're looking yep. for this type of eager person. Right. Oh, I love that. And it, I'm with you, one of the, probably the greater revelations just recently for me is understanding the idea of finding God-prepared people, these people of peace and the impact that that could have to reach the goal of multiplication. And I'm always moved whenever we look at that story in John 4, and, and we ask the question, who is the evangelist in this story? And it's the woman. And, you know, Jesus could have gone into her village, Sikar, uh, I think it was, a Samaritan village, and he could have saved every one of them himself. He's God. He could have done that. But he chose a, God, a person of peace, and it was the woman that went back to her village and shared her story in the gospel and basically her whole village came out to encounter Jesus. And that's what you're, that's what you're sharing here is we yes. can't overlook this first objective that, you know, we talk about finding a person of peace and this is crucial if we're going to see movement happen. And That's all the time we have for this episode, but check back in again with us next time for the final part of my conversation with Justin Vandewater about the disciple-making process. And I want to ask you if you can do me a favor. We want to get this podcast out to as many people as possible, and you can help with that. If you can just take the next 30 seconds and share this episode with at least one person that you know that you think would be interested in this topic, and that would go a long way toward helping us get the word out there and just train people and equip people to love Jesus and make disciples of Jesus all over our five state region. So God bless you. And we'll talk to you next time.